Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is our number two of The Rob Carson Show. And uh, the media meltdown continues with the historic victory by Donald Trump in the Iowa caucuses, which came as no surprise to uh, those of us who understand why people are motivated to uh, take down the deep state and this iteration of the federal government. If you if you don't understand it, I want to do your homework on it because uh, it was cl- very clear uh, to those of us who know that uh, the American people are worried about the country. They're particularly worried about the southern border, the influx of uh, millions of illegals, a lot of them military-aged men, uh, un- unencumbered by the government, and it's intentional by the federal government. And the American people are looking at the people who would stop that. They know Nikki Haley won't. They don't know if Ron DeSantis would, but they know Don, uh, Ronald, uh, Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump did. How about that? There you go. If I wouldn't have stumbled, it would have been perfect. You could have put on a bumper sticker. My God in heaven, it's amazing. So there you go. Uh, Nikki Haley wouldn't. Uh, Ron DeSantis, they, they didn't know, and, and uh, Donald Trump did it. There you go. NFL football last night, that was kind of fun to watch, uh, you know, except for, you know, uh, uh, if your team lost, uh, it looks like going to have an exciting, <laughs> have an exciting week. The Eagles. What happened to the Eagles? The uh, the wheels came off the Eagles. I was like, man, the Eagles are unstoppable. And then uh, the Bucks came into play last night, like. Um, you know, uh, like you wouldn't believe. And then, of course, uh, the Bills uh, beat the Steelers. I'm a little disappointed that because my Chiefs have to go to uh, Buffalo. But they proved that they can uh, perform in cold weather. So we got the uh, the Texans and the Ravens. I'm a Ravens fan because, you know, my anchor station is Baltimore. And I used to go see Ravens games. And I used to go down to the Inner Harbor. And I love me some Baltimore. I lived in D.C., but I preferred to go to Baltimore for just about everything, including professional sports. Tampa Bay and Detroit. I, you know, I like Detroit because they uh, they won their first playoff game in 33 years. And, you know, and, and Detroit is making a comeback because they have a mayor that realizes that if you defund the police, uh, life's going to go to hell. So they've really turned it around. You got the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers. I, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so uh, the, we got some stuff coming up this weekend. They're going to be pretty exciting as far as uh, as far as games are concerned. Um, my teams are are Baltimore and uh, and the Chiefs. And uh, and the reason why I'm a Chiefs fan, I've been a Chiefs fan my entire life. I moved all over the country. When I was in Washington D.C., I became a Baltimore fan. Never was a Redskins fan. But uh, the, as I've always said about uh, NFL football, um, you know. The worst part about it is that the season ends, and uh, and that's the thing. So I enjoy every minute of it, just like I did Christmas. Although this this year Christmas was, you know, wasn't the best, <laughs> but uh, but you know I'm just taking it all in, man. And the one thing I love about it is my son. 
was 24 years old and and uh you know we've had a chance to reconnect the last two years like you wouldn't believe it's been a gift from god and uh and one of the things that he really loves is football and movies and he is an authority on both of them and and i just i love to listen to him uh talk about it and we all sit around and we talk smack and we watch football and we enjoy some good food and it's just glorious it really it really really is there's nothing like NFL uh, football. Nothing like it. So, uh, you know, if you wonder why also people are angry at uh, the federal government and Joe Biden, is one of the things is his tone deafness. He's been on vacation 400 days, uh, a third of his presidency on vacation. It's not vacation, by the way. He's doing work off the books. That's how, that's how, uh, uh, that's how uh, uh, Barack Obama pulls the strings. That, that's why they're classified documents in Delaware. I'm just saying. I'm just thinking out loud. Obviously, duh, <laughs> you know, uh, seriously, really, 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 he goes on vacation that much? No, 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 they're, they're, they're formulating, they're running everything. Uh, afar, they don't have visitors' logs they need to worry about and all that stuff. And then did you realize that over the weekend, you know what, you know what anniversary passed? The, uh, the blowing up of uh, train cars in East Palestine, Ohio, and nobody cares because they're poor white people. This is Joe Biden last March being asked if he was going to go to East Palestine to visit. I've spoken with every official in Ohio, and I will be on the Is there a plan for him to go? I don't have a, any uh, trips to preview for you at this time. He's been to Ohio many times before during his administration, so it's not a, an, it's not unusual for him to, to go there. Are there any plans for President Biden to visit East Palestine? I, I don't have anything to share on a planned visit for the president to, uh, to Ohio. Democrats are saying... It's time for him to get down. Here. And he said when he was asked the question that he will be there. When is he going to be visiting East Palestine and why hasn't he yet? So I, the plans are underway, discussions are underway, just don't have anything locked in. About five weeks ago, President Biden said that he would be going to East Palestine, Ohio at some point. Does the president still feel the need to visit Ohio? Well, the president, I mean, once the president said it, so I will uh, keep, keep that, uh, he, he keeps to his word. Uh, well, he obviously didn't because he didn't go. And the people in East Palestine, Ohio, all of their homes are garbage now. They're worth nothing. Nobody wants to live in East Palestine, Ohio. They don't know. They don't know if the water's polluted. They don't know if, uh, you know, uh, birds and animals died within miles of East Palestine, Ohio. Pete Buttigieg, it took him weeks to get there. Donald Trump was there within, within days. And that's just kind of a metaphor for America. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a metaphor for America? As you and I uh, debate how we're going to pay the rent, how we're going to pay the mortgage, how we're going to put food on the table, how we're going to fill the car with gas. And, and people are struggling. People are working two or three jobs. And they keep telling, you know, the economy is fine. <laughs> it is really, it is really, really remarkably tone deaf, isn't it? And then in Chicago and, and in New York, where people have been voting Democrat forever and, and uh, a black people, reliable voting block for Democrats for years and years and years, and the Democrat Party has done nothing through its entire history but to demand that black people vote, promise and promise and promise the day after the election. They leave some money on the dresser, get up and leave. Here is a Hyde Park, Chicago resident not particularly happy with the influx of illegals and the thousands, billions of dollars being spent on them. While black kids are killing one another 13 times the national average and city schools are graduating kids who don't know how to read. To take a look around this room, I want you to pay attention. Because, see, I want Mayor Brandon Johnson to understand that you're selling us out for people who can't vote for you. Oh, they'll figure out a way. They'll figure out a way. We stood with you. 
Wow, that is uh, that is a pissed off person there. That old Brandon Johnson. Yeah, these are abuses and usurpations now. You know, that, that's why this song became one of the biggest songs of the year last year. Just this guy with a guitar talking about uh, the distance, the difference, the, uh, the deafness of Washington, D.C. versus the rest of us. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true. But, but it, it is. is. Yeah, that's it. And the people are crying out, and the people are singing, and Washington, D.C. isn't listening. Yeah, that's what's driving this. Come on now. Ooh, well, let's talk about Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Willis, everybody. This is brand new from Jim Gossett. As Elvis, ladies and gentlemen, about a funny, funny girl. Come on now. The calls, the calls are growing. (laughs) (laughs) For you to quit and step down. From the case. Man, this gives me uh, chills up and down my spine. Boyfriend was paid seven hundred thousand. That is a pretty good coin for goods and services rendered. So funny, girl. <laughs> I light on the services again. The music you must face. And not come back You don't belong In the DA's office Oh, funny girl Oh, funny <laughs> girl You liberal hat That is just beautiful. That is uh, Jim Gossett. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. If you want to help out uh, Jim Gossett, just go to uh, patreon.com slash Jim Gossett comedy. All right. So contract show Fonnie Willis offered a top Rico expert a lower hourly rate, hourly rate than her lover. Her lover. <laughs> I just love saying that word. Who uses the word lover? It's fantastic. You're real. Fulton County uh, District Attorney Fonnie Willis paid her uh, alleged romantic partner Nathan Wade to work at a higher hourly rate on the case against uh, President Donald Trump than she contracted uh, one with the state's leading racketeering expert. Well, it's because he offered her some goods and services that the other guy didn't, according to documents obtained by the Daily Caller. John Floyd, who wrote a book on uh, federal and state racketeering uh, influencing and corrupt uh, organization statutes and is considered Georgia's top expert, only got a buck fifty an hour. But old Nate made two fifty. 
Nate, who is uh, Willis appointed a special prosecutor, and man, is he special, was retained at a rate of $250 an hour according to the contract in court documents. Wade, allegedly her romantic partner or lover, <clears throat> uh, got a lucrative contract for both of them, Bow Chica. Bow, bow. Because he used payments he received for his position. Position. Which position was that? To take her on cruises and vacations. Wade filed for divorce from his wife on November 2nd, 2021, the day after his contract with Willis began. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And then, of course, she went to church and preachified and everything and said, you cannot expect black women to be perfect to save the world, is what she said. Yeah. The other special counsel, not as special, Anna Cross entered a contract with the Fulton County DA at two fifty an hour. Huh, wonder why that is. She has 20 years' experience as a prosecutor. She represented Georgia in multiple high-profile homicide cases, blah, blah, blah. Uh, her boyfriend, though, not so much. Wade got $654,000. He had a really pretty uh, Audi, Audi uh, coupe worth $100,000. He was driving it the other day. And, uh, man, i got to tell you, that's nice work if you can get it. That's, that's all i got to say. You know, that is some nice work if you can get it. And then the January 6th helped guide the early days of the Georgia probe, by the way. And I'm not talking about uh, Mr. Wade. Uh, it came a... Uh, 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 Another set of investigators, uh, the January 6th committee helped out. Yeah, committee staff uh, quietly met with lawyers and agents working for Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis in mid-April 2022, just as she prepared to convene a special grand jury investigation. In the previously unreported meeting, the Jan 6 committee aides let the district attorney's team review but not keep a limited set of evidence they had gathered. And the reason being is Fonnie didn't go to them to prosecute Donald Trump. They came to Fonnie. That's what happened. Yeah, that's my theory, because, you know, I'm not stupid. Over the next few months, committee staff <clears throat> also had a series of phone calls with Willis. They answered the prosecutor's questions and shared insight on matters like Trump's false elector's gambit and his efforts to pressure Georgia State, State Secretary uh, State Secretary uh, Brad Raffensperger. Both of uh, those ploys ultimately featured prominently in the criminal charges that Willis brought against Trump. So this is all coordinated and corroborated out of the White House. And that, my friends, is uh, is dictatorship. Yeah, yeah. Now, coming up, uh, we're going to move off of this. Uh, I could talk about Fawny's Fanny all day. But uh, let's talk about what's happening in Chicago with EVs because it's really, really super cold. And then also, uh, Rand Paul wants uh, Tony Fauci to go to jail. If you want to chime in on any of that stuff, it's 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Remember the other day when I told you about the Miss America pageant and one of the uh, pageant uh, contestants was 20-year-old Madison March, 22 years old, second lieutenant in the Air Force, a graduate intern, Harvard Medical. Uh, she beat out 50 other contestants to win. She's a uh, in the running. She wants to be a Top Gun pilot. She got her pilot's license at 17. I guess when they came to the uh, to the uh, talent portion of the competition the other day at the Miss America pageant, they said, uh, your talent? And she goes, well, I'm a fighter pilot. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> 
this is uh, this woman is amazing, and I, I want to get her on the air. I'm not a big pageant guy, but I just think uh, you know a, a lot of the times uh, you know pageants, pageants, or pageants, whatever pageants. Uh, Miss America is a bigger deal a long time ago, but but this this young woman is just amazing. She's well grounded, and she totally kicks butt. She got a, like I said, pilot's license at 17. She's a second lieutenant in the Air Force, a fighter pilot. Uh, I'm not sure how she is as far as the Top Gun Academy is concerned. My wife watched the original movie last night and got all goosey, of course, and everything. She watched the original movie one more time for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it was because of this. But, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a woman that you can say to your daughter, hey, you know what? There's somebody you should espouse to be. Uh, not Rachel Levine. And, and, you know, nothing against Caitlyn Jenner, but I don't think any mom goes, uh, Jessica, I want you to grow up and be just like Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, Mom, wasn't Caitlyn Jenner born a man? I know, I know, but he's a, he became the woman of the year and stuff because, you know, yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. I think it's great. She won. She won. That's pretty nice. So uh, you all know how I feel about EVs, and uh, EVs uh, technology has been around 130 years. The reason why it was left in the dustbin of history is because it is not reliable. It is not efficient, blah, uh, blah, 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 you know. Well, they're, they're learning the hard way that cold weather makes your EV worthless because uh, batteries slow down. You can go out and get in your car. You could start it up boom, with a gas engine, no problem. In the winter, when it's a battery, boom, 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 boom. and uh, and unfortunately, a lot of people are discovering that their uh, EV charging stations are becoming uh, car graveyards. Here is the report from Fox 32 in Chicago. So electric vehicles may be the wave of the future, but a whole lot of owners are having trouble dealing with Chicago's bitter. Cold. They're not the wave of the future. They've been around 130 years. That would be like saying Dippin' Dots 70 years later is still the ice cream of the future. Old temperatures. Public charging stations have turned car graveyards over the past couple days. Nothing. No juice. It's still on zero percent. And this is like three hours this morning being out here. After being out here eight hours yesterday. Tyree Beard was among the dozens of Tesla owners trying desperately to power up their cars at this Tesla supercharging station in Oak Brook. It's a supercharging station! A scene mirrored with long lines and abandoned cars at scores of other charging stations around the Chicago... It's so bad in Chicago that uh, people don't even want to steal EVs. Go area. Yeah, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a this could be a great theft prevention device. You know, the thug or whatever comes up to your car and says, uh, get out, I want your car. And you just say, it's an EV. Oh, never mind. Thanks, thanks anyway. Disaster. Seriously. Just, oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. Dead robots. <laughs> this is your car? Ah, yeah. But it was no laughing matter to people like Kevin Sumrack, who landed at O'Hare last night. Sumrack is a really bad name to have if you own an EV. To find his Tesla dead, forcing him him to hire a flatbed tow truck to try to find a working charge. Do you suppose the, the flatbed tow truck was a was an EV? Station. So I can get back to Indiana. But you can't find one that's charging or working? Either working or doesn't have cars sitting, um, still plugged in. You've been here since when? 5 p.m. yesterday. Yeah, so that is. Uh, 20 hours or so. Yeah, yeah that wow. is crazy, isn't it? That is crazy. And then that John Kerry, who's stepping down as the climate czar, was approached by Rebel News in Davos. Listen to this. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Is it, a, is it really? Is it, is, it, is it more stupid than you traveling here to tell us? Please, Sorry? 
We're done. We're done. We are done now. Don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Yeah, Why do you sure. think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. Being here suggests that. Yeah, your being here suggests that. Yep, yep, yep. There's a reason why John Kerry uh, resigned. It's because the green energy nonsense that we've spent trillions of dollars on is, uh, is generally regarded as a complete joke. And he wants to uh, avoid the embarrassment when it completely implodes. Uh, we're talking to a young uh, uh, man running for office, Matt Shoemaker. In a- it is Rob Carson Show, Tuesday edition. Coming up, Rand Paul calls for Dr. Anthony Fauci to be sent to prison. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, 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 the cowardice of late night TV. They are all mouthpieces for the uh, federal government and the left. It's, uh, it's a shame. Johnny Carson is spinning in his grave like a baseball bat on a lathe. So uh, we're going to get to all of that stuff uh, very shortly. Uh, Matt Shoemaker is a former intelligence officer, and he is also an America First congressional candidate in North Carolina, a Navy veteran. And I, I heard a little bit about this guy, and I wanted to get him on the uh, show to introduce him to a national audience. One of his campaign slogans is, I like this because you know my slogan, don't catch the stupid. Uh, (laughs) His slogan is defund stupidity. And he joins us on the Newsmax hotline. Matt, welcome to the Rob Carson show. How are you today? Rob, thanks very much for having me on. I'm glad you like the slogan. Our secondary slogan as well is send intelligence to DC. So right in the same vein. It would be it would be nice, wouldn't it? Because there is a lot of stupid going on in Washington D.C. Uh, everything from boys should be able to compete with girls, uh, as girls, to uh, sexualization of our children in schools, CRT, and open border. I can go on and on. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Matt. Uh, uh, your your experience as an intelligence officer and your military experience, and then a little bit about yourself post military, and then we'll get to why you are running. But let's start with your your career. Yeah, absolutely. So up until about six months ago, I was actually on active duty orders with the Navy. I was most recently stationed down at Central Command, you know, working on the sandbox and everything that goes on there. But what I've done for the past roughly 10 years almost has been running intelligence operations against the Russians and the Chinese. I've been doing it as part of CENTCOM. I did it as part of European Command. Uh, and I've been stationed all over the world as part of it. And it's been, you know, a, a wonderful experience. It's been very rewarding. Uh, to be at the front lines of, of, of taking on, uh, you know, some of the greatest challenges uh, that the world has seen recently, especially with regards to how China is operating. So just from a career perspective, that's what I've been doing since then. Uh, I've actually been a military and national security commentator for, for Fox News and Newsmax, and I've been writing for various different publications around the world, uh, most recently in Newsmax, The Times of Israel, and over in the Daily Mail over in the U.K. So it's been incredibly rewarding. Um, but, yeah, no, since then I've, I've decided to, to jump in and, and throw my hat into the ring for uh, the 13th district in North Carolina to be their representative. There was actually internal polling that we had that was released about last week or so that shows that I'm currently in the lead. I'm very proud of that and very excited for it. Uh, and whoever wins this primary on March the 5th is going to most likely – win the seat. The Democrat who currently occupies the seat has actually dropped out of the race uh, because North Carolina redistricted and it went from an R plus two to quite possibly an R plus 10 
district. So he just decided wow. to get out and not even waste his time. Absolutely. Yeah. My my wife wants us eventually to move to North Carolina. Are you from North Carolina? Do you tell us about uh, your connection to North Carolina? I mean, obviously you live there, but uh, tell us about your yeah. connection to that great state. Sure. So so I'm actually from a military family. So the amount of places I've lived over the course of my life is ridiculous. But I have family here in North Carolina, and I've been in and out of North Carolina for the better part of 20 years. This is what I consider to be my home. This is, these are the people that have adopted me and made me one of their own. And, and I can be nothing but absolutely grateful to the great state of North Carolina, so much so that I want to represent them on the national stage and be their voice in Washington to bring intelligence to D.C. because God knows they need it. Uh, Absolutely. My, my, family's perspe- my, my family's perspective, you know, uh, we, it's, a, it's a long line of, of military service. We actually go back gotcha. all the way, each generation, to the American Revolution, serving in the military in some way, shape, or form. I, thankfully, though, I don't have a Lieutenant Dan situation going on. Only one of my relatives <laughs> died in combat uh, in the War of 1812. So there's been a little what? bit of time since then. Man, that is a hell of a lineage. I got to tell you, that is, that is one hell of a lineage, man. So let me ask you, when you're talking to the people in North Carolina, and I, I don't think it's any different than the Americans across the country about their concerns with regard to the man who's in the White House and the people who are in power in Washington, D.C., but what are you hearing? What do people want you to do when you get to Washington, D.C.? What are their concerns? Yeah, top three concerns and the, the, number, the number one issue that affects every single person is the economy and inflation. I was just in Walmart earlier today. There was over, it was over $8 for a box of cereal. Absolutely insane. So inflation in the economy is absolutely eight days a week, the number one issue. The second issue, border security. And it's not just getting control of our sovereignty and knowing who's getting into the country. It's all of the crime and the drugs that come with it that people are seeing on the streets of Raleigh. They're seeing it on the streets of Charlotte. They're seeing it all across the country. And then the third issue I'm seeing is election integrity. You know, it's an issue that hasn't been talked about too much in the mainstream media, but amongst Republican voters in particular, it is an incredibly important issue that we have faith in our system that whoever is claimed to be the winner is actually the people's choice. And North Carolina has done a wonderful job over the past 12 months installing voter ID uh, requirements to vote, and I think it could serve as a great model for the rest of the country. Well, you know, we've we've been gaslit on a lot of nonsense calling, uh, you know, literally that the Democrats think so little of people of color that they say that they can't get a, an ID. And when you ask a person on the street, a black person on the street, well, of course I got an ID. Everything that the Democrat Party does infantilizes uh, people, particularly people of color. And I think the American people are sick and tired of it. Now, you as a, a military person, I, I feel that there is a uh, an, a yearning to return to the love of America and the pride in America that the left has been they've been doing a drumbeat uh, for the last few decades telling us that we should be ashamed of America that America is not exceptional and, and I think that uh, I think we need somebody in Washington D.C. who who can lead us and and listen there's nothing negative about being uh, being very you know they call it jingoistic bullcrap no it's not it's being proud of your country it's being proud of the greatest engine of individual economic freedom in the history of mankind but do you feel that is important to bring patriotism and pride back to uh to the leadership in washington dc as a representative 100 percent. i've lived overseas in multiple places around the world 
I can tell you 100% certainty that there is no greater country on this planet than the United States. There is no, I lived in, I was stationed over in England, I lived over in Germany, I've lived all over the world. Even these countries that we assume to be similar to us in terms of rights and, and liberties are nowhere near what they actually are. When I was over in England, actually, during COVID, they revoked the privilege to protest. They kept us under house arrest for close to six months. That is how the, the rest of the world operates. Only in America, no matter how bad things sometimes get here, do we have the liberties and the freedoms that people have died for and are still willing to give their lives for. And for me, where I'm coming from, you know, I, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I'm from a different generation. And I think that actually is an asset more than anything because I'm willing to put myself out there and bring in a younger audience, to bring in people who haven't traditionally been part of the Republican Party and to grow the party. You know, the younger generation, they're hungry for meaning in their life. And the Democrats are at least giving them counterfeit meaning. They're at least trying to reach them, even if it's garbage. What we Republicans that- need to do, we can do... We can do it way better than they can because we actually have the love of country and we can actually give meaning. When someone tells them that their country needs them, they are going to respond. Yeah. Now, Matt, you are a, a millennial. I'm a Gen Xer. And, and I'll tell you, uh, the millennials and, and Gen Xers, we answered the call for our country. We uh, came together after 9-11. Uh, you were a little young for that, but there are a lot of millennials who did, who fought, who, who died, who came home profoundly wounded. Uh, but there was that still se- there's that sense of patriotism. Millennials and Gen Z have both been screwed by the people in power. Uh, millennials really started to come into being graduating from high school and college about the end of the George Bush uh, uh, presidency and into the uh, Obama presidency. Uh, my generation was the last generation that you could say, when I graduate from college, I'm going to make $120,000 or $100,000. And and you guys immediately were launched into eight years of Obama with a GDP of about 1%, uh, medium yep. to poor growth on that. And then uh, millennials uh, got, you know, in high school and, and grade school and college had their lives destroyed by people in power with idiotic COVID shutdowns. So I think it's about time for millennials and Gen Z's comeuppance because they've never really gotten a fair shake from the government and they've never been able to pursue the American dream like so many in the past have. What do you think about yeah. that? And I, I will use as a wonderful example. When I talk to younger people, the number one thing that they're concerned about that we Republicans need to talk more to is the ability to buy a home for young families. And the reason yes. I say that is because, you know, just go back three years ago, the, roughly speaking, the average cost of the home in the United States was somewhere about $250,000. So to get, in, so to put down a down payment for it, that's roughly about $40,000. But if you've been saving as much money as you possibly could to get to that $40,000 for a down payment, you know, fast forward to today, the, the average cost of a home is $418,000. The goalposts were, were moved astronomically, and it makes it feel for younger generations that no matter how much they try and save, no matter how much they try and work, they're never going to do it. They're always going to have the goalposts moved against them. So that's what we Republicans need to tackle and tell them, we hear what you're going through. We want to be there with you. Let us help you.
And it's about making you feel good to live in the country and live the American dream. I was just seeing this headline from, uh, what was it, Fox Business. U.S. residents need to make a minimum of $120,000 a year to afford a home in 2024. How many millennials at age 35 are making $120K? It's probably a pretty small percentage of uh, of people, certainly much lower with Gen Z. But you're exactly right. The dream of home ownership is is half of the, uh, the the well probably a third of the homes on my block have been purchased by brokers and are rentals now I bought our home yeah. four years ago for around the average price of a home then my home now is probably worth the amount you just quoted the average home costs and and listen that that, that is a big deal Matt because there's nothing bigger I think as far as uh, financially than to own a home, take pride in a home, improve a home uh, instead of paying rent to somebody and waiting for them to fix stuff. It gives you a sense of autonomy that can't be equaled. And I think the, I think you're spot on with regard to that. Matt, we got to wrap it up, man. Matt Shoemaker running for uh, uh, for Congress in North Carolina. Where can people learn more about you? Because I I, 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 I I feel very good about your candidacy. I wanted you to have you on. I've seen you on Newsmax, certainly. And I and I hope you succeed. Tell everybody where where people can learn more about you and uh, and when to vote and all of that stuff, my brother. Absolutely, my website is votemjs.com. My initials votemjs.com, and you can find me on Twitter at votemjs and Facebook at Matt Shoemaker for Congress. And remember, let's send intelligence to D.C. And you worked in military intelligence. So that's a pretty smart uh, slogan to have, bro. All right. Good luck to you, man. We'll talk again soon, okay? Thank you so much for having me on, Rob. I appreciate it. All right. Absolutely. Uh, Outstanding. Really, really cool. It's kind of a non-struck winner, I know. I just thought the man was fascinating. His story is fascinating. It's refreshing. Uh, and, and And I do mean this, truly. I have two Gen Z kids. And, and I saw them destroyed by COVID to some degree. Uh, my daughter, her after her, her second semester freshman year, no school. No school, no contingency. If you had a kid in elementary school, all there was was fear. Fear, 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 fear. You could kill mom and dad. You could kill grandpa. You, it, just by breathing, you could kill somebody. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what young people went through with all of this nonsense you got to stay six feet from people. Really? So if I'm five feet away from you, you won't ca- you'll catch the deadly virus and you'll die. But if I'm seven feet away from you, fine. And if I wear a paper mask on my face, everything's fine. But I have to stay home from school and have everything in my life destroyed, including the possibility of a state championship in any sport, performance on any stage, involvement in any club, being around any friends. And, then, and millennials, the same thing. Again, it was the end of the Bush administration, right into Obama, eight years of mediocre growth, promises of hope, hope and change, and nonsense and garbage. And so I, I believe America owes your generations something for the idiots in charge. And I just want you to know that there's, there is no reason why you shouldn't be optimistic about the future of this country. But if you vote Democrat, there is no reason why you should feel optimistic. Because you won't feel optimistic. If you vote Republican or you vote for somebody like Matt and realize that all of the crap you've been taught in school was wrong about America, that America is a land of opportunity and it is exceptional if you just look into history, 
Just look at the great people of color who came from this country. Look at the great inventions that came from this country. Dear God, one of our founding fathers discovered electricity, for God's sake. Are you kidding me? One of our founding fathers, Ben Franklin, is the reason why you got lights in your house. Unbelievable. So, uh, Matt, uh, I wish you the very best. Let's take a break and come back. Much, much more coming up on The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. Just got an email from uh, Eddie. To this day, my niece still cries over the fact that her school canceled her senior prom and graduation ceremony in 2020. She was emotionally uh, scarred over this tyrannical move, which is exactly what uh, uh, the Democrats wanted to inflict. Yeah, it's sickening. It's People need to pay for this. People need to pay for it. I, I, I said while it was happening, there have to be Nuremberg trials for this nonsense, and also for this transgender nonsense. That, uh, that people, that adults would say, oh, yeah, yeah, girls should, uh, you know, they, they maybe have mental problems because of all the shutdowns and everything, but that's because they're the wrong gender. So let's have a big slab of their arm uh, meat cut off and make it into a, uh, uh, an artificial phallus and, uh, and cut her breasts off and make her an asexual unit, eunuch for life. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What the hell? I want people to be held accountable for it. That's part of the retribution. I want to go to Mark in Parkville. Mark, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Go ahead. Hi, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, yeah. uh, I got to object to your uh, characterization of the Gen Z, Gen X people as being uh, the kids, as being you know persecuted and growing up in fear. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, World War II or the Cold War when we had the duck and cover and at any moment we could all be vaporized by an atomic bomb. Uh, oh, yeah, there was that. <laughs> yeah, and there was a little thing called the Depression in the 20s. But I think those instances of national crises gave us some of our strongest generations. What about the greatest yeah. generation that lived through World War II? I mean, yeah. I find today that when I deal with some Gen Z, Gen X, uh, they seem to feel entitled that the world owes them. Uh, there is some of that. I don't, know if, I don't know if they've ever heard of what's called a starter house, where yeah. you live in two bedrooms, one bath with five people. Yeah. Uh, I just think it, it, it's a generational thing, and I don't think one generation should get... Uh, sympathy or preference over other generations. All right, I get you. I I understand. Like I said, I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, I'm just ticked off that uh, the federal government... Uh, really waylaid the progress of a lot of Gen Zers, and that was uh, with the COVID. And I and honestly, and I, I know we all went through things. We were all, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I grew up in the generation of the, the day after we were terrified of a, a war between Russia and the USA. But uh, the the American government has indoctrinated and uh, and brainwashed a lot of these kids in schools, and then they wrecked them with COVID protocol and scared the crap out of them. So, uh, do I believe that uh, that that great leaders will come out of these generations? Absolutely. And the one thing I wanted to do mention is that I find with Gen Z that all of that restriction, all of that fear porn, all of that stuff brought them together individually with one another. And so they value human contact a little bit more. But I understand where you're coming from there, Mark. I do appreciate your phone call. Have a glorious day. Uh, you know, my, my generation is the last analog generation. 
and uh, and I'm proud of my generation. And my generation, uh, we still got a long way to go. We haven't even had a Gen X president yet. So uh, we ain't done. We ain't done. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. On the World Wide Web, this is The Rob Carson Show. And this is hour number three of The Rob Carson Show after a thunderous victory by Donald Trump in Ohio in the, uh, the Iowa caucuses. Uh, tripling the previous record... <laughs> Set by Bob Dole in 1988, and uh, we all know how that ended um, for Bob Dole, but uh, it ain't going to happen this time with uh, Donald Trump. It's it's funny because Nikki Haley is saying she's not going to participate in the, uh, I guess there's another GOP debate. <laughs> there's another GOP debate on Thursday, and she says unless Donald Trump uh, uh, debates her, she's not going to show up. <laughs> Uh, and, and you know what? I'm not going to do my radio show on Thursday until Shaquille O'Neal does a pickup game with me. Yeah, how about that? Let's let's talk about reality here, right? I mean, really, honestly, because uh, uh, when you look at the skill level and the chances of me winning, about the same, and, and the demand, about the same, the same likelihood. Here's uh, here she is this morning. She she ran off to New Hampshire because she's got friends in New Hampshire. Here she's talking about uh, finishing in third, but she's got some serious uh, momentum. But I will say that you've got 70% of Americans don't want to see a Trump-Biden rematch. The majority of Americans disapprove of both Trump and Biden. Really? If you look at the fact that both... And they approve of you? Trump and Biden put us trillions of dollars in debt that our kids are never going to forgive them. And you're going to change that. For. And you look at the fact that they are still focused on the past, whether it's investigations, whether it's grievances. We need a new generational conservative leader. That's what Americans want. That's what they're yearning for. They don't want to continue to deal with all the negativity and baggage of the past, they want to start seeing solutions so that we get things done on the economy, on education. Okay, here, blah, 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 blah. And that sounds like every other rhino in the history of mankind, every other person who went to Washington, D.C. and said this and that, and every other Republican dude did it, and we've been around forever, and we see they never do it when they get there. She got rich because of her connections to the uh, defense industrial complex. She's not any different than George Bush. She's not any different than Dick Cheney. She's not. She's not offering a future of anything. And as far as grievances, Donald Trump was pilloried by everybody and attacked by the, the, the media, attacked by the deep state in, in a myriad of ways. And he brought the country success and he did what he said he was going to do. And that's why he's going to do it again. So really not in a position to uh, demand anything, honestly. And uh, with regard to the debate on, on Thursday, uh, I, I wouldn't even bother holding my breath. Hey.
about Donald Trump showing up to debate you after beating you by like 30 points. DeSantis got beat, beat like a drum. Staying in the race would be really dumb. Spent lots of money but was still steamrolled. Trump's the nominee, the story's been told. You spent 35 million and what do you get? Deeper in the hole and more in debt. Ron, you should drop out while you still can. You know that Donald Trump is the man. Yeah, but you got in second place, and Nikki Haley spent like $60 million and she came in third. So there's that. Nikki Haley came in a distant third. You think by now she would have got the word. The message, Nikki, was crystal clear. 2024 simply isn't your year. You spend $37 million, and what do you get? <laughs> About $5 million per delegate. Quit the race, Nikki. It's clear to see. You sold your soul. You're another rhino. Wow, that is Jim Gossett singing there. Jim Gossett singing there. Yeah, you're uh, you're not in a position to demand anything, but well, we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, Rand Paul is calling for uh, Anthony Fauci to be sent to prison over dishonesty on how COVID started. But you couldn't say anything about it, could you? No. Mm-mm. You couldn't even say it was from China. I know. It was disinformation. Yep. Uh, here is Rand Paul talking about uh, Anthony Fauci and the cover-up of COVID. And uh, the yeah, think about it. You know, I did a, uh, uh, a rave the other day on uh, Twitter about all the questions I'd, I'd like answered about COVID. Let me see if I can find Here they are. And, and these are just questions I have to ask. Here they are. Here we go. Um, here are my questions about COVID that haven't been answered. And I wasn't able to answer because it was disinformation and misinformation. You couldn't question the great and powerful Anthony Fauci. Uh, let me see. Our leaders describe... Uh, okay. So uh, our leaders disregarded all uh, safety protocols to get their hair cut or dyed. Some businesses were open while others weren't. If the virus were as deadly as they said it was, where are all the body pits behind Walmart or Target? Where are the massive civil suits for the companies who stayed open, forcing their employees to work? Why were neither of the hospital ships used? Why were all of the ventilators unnecessary? Why did the narrative of the vaccine keep changing? Why did the government completely take away all doctor-prescribed protocols when they worked around the world? Why did Moderna go from a nine billion dollar company for its entire history to become a 90 billion dollar company in one year why did the government completely censor all contrary uh sorry my phone is ringing and i did not uh mute it why did the government completely take away all like uh, the bubble i already did why did the government completely censor all contractory thought uh force every idiotic pro- protocol and mandate why did joe biden do a candlelight vigil at the reflecting pool when he became the president to commemorate the 400,000 people who had died under donald trump and uh, and not the one million who died by the time he was in his midterm. Why do I not know anyone who died of COVID? And I don't. I really don't. Uh, why were there nurses and doctors paid so much and uh, told to be quiet during the pandemic? Why were countries, or counties, I should say, paid for COVID on the death certificate? Why were hospitals flooded with cash for every COVID diagnosis? These are just questions I'm asking. I just want answers. I just want to, these are just questions I have. <clears throat> why did most of the COVID diagnosis in hospitals happen while people there people were there for something else even if they weren't symptomatic why uh where are all the monuments and memorials to the dead uh why couldn't uh, we state the fact anthony fauci uh, helped fund the wuhan institute why isn't china being held accountable 
Those are just I bitch quite a list of questions. I was just thinking about them. I just threw it out there. Here's Rand Paul. January 31st of 2020, they're all talking to each other and they're all saying it looks like it came out. They're saying it's 80 20. I'm 90 10. I'm, I'm nearly 100 percent. They're talking about burner phones. They're talking about hiding this. And then within four days, everything switches. We now have information that during this period of time that Fauci's meeting with the CIA off the books. The CIA keeps a log of who visits. Somehow Fauci doesn't show up on the books when he visits. So ultimately, we're going to get to the truth here. And part of the truth is going to need subpoenas and phone records and a daily log of where Fauci was, when he was, because this is perhaps the biggest cover up we've ever had in the history of our country. And a million Americans died and we deserve to know what happened. Yeah, you you would think that uh, we might want to have the answers and stuff and not just move on. Because, you know, of all the stuff that they did to us. So uh, here's a little bit more from Rand Paul. Yeah, and we now have proof in Anthony Fauci's own words. We have his emails. So in public, he's saying, oh, if you say it came from the lab, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're crazy, it's a fringe theory. <laughs> but in private, yeah. he's saying, in his ex almost exact words, he's saying, we're very concerned because the virus appears to be manipulated, and we're also very concerned because we know they're doing gain-of-function research in Wuhan. So everything he told me in committee, everything he denied in committee, he told me unequivocally, Sir, we are not doing gain of function. We are not funding gain of function research in Wuhan. And yet, privately, he's saying exactly the opposite. We have him dead to rights. I've summarized this as well and referred him to Merrick Garland at the Department of Justice. People say, why hasn't he been arrested? Why isn't he in jail? Well, it's because we have the most partisan attorney general we may have ever had, and he's not doing his job. He's simply protecting him. Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll get all the answers eventually. But, you know, uh, you were made to feel like a uh, criminal for having an opinion on stuff. That's that's the thing I'm never going to forgive. <laughs> that's the thing I'm never going to forgive. I remember waking up a couple of years ago, and I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. I can't have an opinion? I can't think something? I can't, I can't say, uh, you know, I really don't think I need seven boosters. You know, I can't have an opinion. You couldn't have an opinion on anything. It is remarkable. These, this is a remarkable time in history. And, and last night's victory for Donald Trump in, in uh, Iowa showed that America, American people want to, uh, they aren't going to leave all this stuff in history. They aren't going to leave these abuses and usurpations behind us. They are mad. They want, are you ready? Retribution. No, retribution. They want people to be held accountable for the nonsense. Barbara Streisand's film company pocketed $200,000 in small business pandemic cash and then paid her gardener at her $20 million mansion. <laughs> nice work if you can get it, huh? I don't know if I'd want to trim her hedges. Barbara Streisand's film company uh, pays a groundskeeper named Willie. Uh, twenty. Uh, well, at her $20 million mansion got $200,000 in PPP money intended to help small businesses. So there you go. Her, her, uh, her uh, uh, film studio, Barwood Films Limited, received loans from the Paycheck Protection uh, Act and I guess didn't pay them back, right? They were loans you didn't have to pay back. I don't know. I didn't get any PPP uh, funds. But yeah, she paid her gardener. She paid, yeah. Sure, she paid her gardener. Yeah. She probably paid her gardener off the books. You know, that's what happens when, uh, you know. 
And then Anthony Fauci admitted that there's a lack of scientific basis for the six-foot social distancing COVID guideline. I told you this last uh, year, about a year and a half ago, when I uh, read that they literally made it up. They made it up in the White House, and literally it was like somebody who wasn't even involved in the conversation said, uh, six feet should be the guideline. And I'll never forget, uh, I went to my local grocery store, this little grocery store up here, and it's, uh, it serves largely Hispanic population. They got some really cool stuff in there uh, that you, you know, normally don't get at an American grocery store. You can buy, uh, you know, aloe, uh, cactus, uh, all sorts of crazy herbs and stuff and vegetables you've never seen before. It's really cool. I love to cook, so I, I love the uh, Hispanic culture. And, uh, and all the spices and all the stuff and all that. And I remember I was standing there and there was just a couple, they were standing in front of me. And I was standing behind them wearing an idiotic mask like I was told I had to do. And this jackweed uh, noticed that I was within uh, six feet of him. And he turned to his partner and said, you are within six feet of me. You are threatening my safety. And so what I did was, is I said, oh, okay, all right, all right. <clears throat> and I stepped back to where about six feet was, and I said, oh, good, you're going to live. And then I stepped in about six inches, and I said, oops, I just killed you. And then I backed up against the six feet, and I said, oh, you're going to live. And then I backed in, and I said, oh, nope, I just killed you. And his partner's like, we got to give you, and they, and they, and they hustled out. <laughs> it was a, and then this jackweed at Walmart, I'll never forget, it comes at Walmart of all places sees me in there and I was wearing my mask incorrectly and and he said it, to, like he's talking to other people in the store and I'm overhearing him <laughs> he goes some people don't wear their masks properly and put other people in danger and and he had his daughter with him so I didn't want to tell him what I really wanted to tell him which would have involved some words I can't say on the radio and would get me fired so I just kind of went, I looked at him, I'm like, okay, whatever. And I walked back, and, and he did it again. He did it again in another section of the store. And again, his daughter was there. <laughs> so he had allowed all these little Karens, these little cul-de-sac Karens, to exercise a, a, a sense of control over all of us. It was. It was like, uh, I always say, the original Karen was Gladys Kravitz from Bewitched. She was always nosing in the, in the neighbor's house, you know, and all of that. But she had a reason because, you know, Samantha was a witch and she was married to Derwood and there was a lot of weird stuff going on. So she had, you know, reason to tell the neighbors there's some weird stuff going on in the house. A Gen X talking here, you know. Uh, but uh, but, but uh, these busybodies, you know, these are the people who become members of the, uh, you know, your local... Uh, uh, not necessarily a school board, but HOA. HOA members, they're the busybodies. They're the Gladys, Gladys Kravitz uh, types, you know. It's like, your, your, your signing has got a little bit of mold on it there. You didn't rake up all your leaves and stuff, you know, and things like that. And your dog barks too much and whatever, and you got a meth lab. I live in a rough neighborhood. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> we got some more stuff coming up. I want to share with you some, uh, some interesting statistics about uh, late-night television. And I told you that uh, conservative comedy is on the ascension, and it really is. You're, you're about to witness something pretty remarkable with regard to entertainment in the next few years. I think it's going to become uh, a very good place if you want something other than liberal pap. So I'm going to share that on the other side of this break. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, tweeted a picture of Miss America, who is a fighter pilot. <laughs> Trump won by a landslide in Iowa, and Miss America doesn't have a penis. We're heading in the right direction. 
That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, one of uh, Saul Alinsky's tenets is ridicule. And, uh, and you make fun of people. And the left has uh, been able to uh, completely take over late-night television. It's, it's unwatchable, really. Stephen Colbert is just awful. Do you see the dancing syringes when he did the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the vaccine song? Remember that? I mean, honestly, I just, it's filthy. Um, I grew up uh, a little boy watching uh, Johnny Carson and uh, and then uh, Conan O'Brien. Uh, he's you know a little bit older than me. Uh, David Letterman. David Letterman was an idol. He became a political tool. Um, and uh, all of the great late nights. Uh, and I was always my dream to uh, to do late night television. And that's why I use the name Carson on the radio. Uh, anyway, um, that that aside. Uh, I'm embarrassed by late night television now, and uh, it's a joke. Uh, Jimmy uh, Kimmel is a, uh, a just a complete ass, and uh, and if you uh, you check out the Media Research Center, they they found out that 81 percent of political jokes told on major late major late night talk shows uh, target conservatives. Yeah, so not a, Jimmy Kimmel, the most mean spirited, most partisan of the uh, of the group. By the way, he had Liz Cheney as a guest. That gives you an idea. And talking about shooting yourself in your foot, you know who the number one late night talk show is right now? Greg Gutfeld. And he doesn't even have a band. He doesn't have every star in the world on there. And he's keel hauling these morons because people are done with it. People are done with it. Media research in his top 10, there were nine right uh, leaners and one left leaner. Donald Trump, 762 times. Santos, 276. Joe Biden, 164. Mike Lindell, 106. Mike Pence, 72. Republican, 62. Donald Trump Jr., 58. Blah, 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 blah. So uh, it was skewed for uh, Seth Meyers, who nobody watches. Uh, Colbert, a total of 1,918 political jokes, 86% anti conservative. Does that come as a surprise? And, and for the longest time, conservatism has uh, never been funny because uh, conservatives don't know how to be funny a lot of the times. And, and it's just something that I happen to do quite well because it's important to me. It's important. Laughter is important to me. I like to say overwhelm the left with joy. It's very, 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 very important. And let me give you an example. You may recall back in 2008, there was this guy named Barack Obama, and the, uh, the media anointed him as black Jesus, essentially. You couldn't say anything because he was a black guy, right? And, and I noticed that he had his, his slogan called Hope and Change. I was like, what the hell does Hope and Change mean? Hope and Change doesn't pay my bills. Hope and Change doesn't put gas in my car. And so I did this, uh, making fun of the, the great and vaunted, untouchable Barack Obama, uh, for Rush Limbaugh. I'm voting for Barack Obama because I believe in the future. A vote for Obama is a vote for the future. Because the future is ahead that's of me. us. That's me. And the past has come before right us. There, that's and me. the future is yet to come. A vote for Obama is a vote for hope. I believe Obama believes in hope and hopes for a future filled with hope. If you believe that change can't happen if you don't do something, Vote Obama. I believe that we, U.S. Americans, want change, and Obama will change things and not leave us unchanged. If you believe the future is not now and not in the past, vote Obama. The past is like history, and that is so like yesterday. If you hope there's a candidate that believes in hope, Vote for Obama. If you believe that Obama believes in everything you believe in, vote for hope. Vote for change. Vote Obama. Now, uh, what is the one thing about that uh, fake commercial, that parody, uh, that stands out? Real quick, go ahead. What is it? What is the one thing that unifies that entire 
60 seconds right there. What is it? Real quick. It says nothing. It's, it takes a stand on nothing. It says nothing. It, it, it is absolutely vacuous and vapid. It's just like a speech from Kamala Harris. There's nothing there. That was the original word salad right there. It's a word salad. And, and I made fun of conservatives. Remember when I, when I was in Minneapolis, a bastion of liberalism, there was this local uh, rag called the City Pages. They did a, uh, a headline, and it was, uh, uh, yes, Virginia, conservatives can be funny. And, and it's on the ascension, guys. Uh, more and more uh, comedians. Bill Maher is becoming more centrist, common sense. Dave Chappelle, the same thing. More conservative comedians are gaining traction. It's going to continue. Then we're going to take on Hollywood. Then we're going to take on... And by the way, Hollywood is doing a face plant. Ticket sales down. Show ratings are down when they skew left. It's working, kids. Dr. Kevin Roberts, Heritage Foundation, coming up next. Don't go anywhere. So the uh, World Economic Forum in Davos kicked off yesterday, uh, oddly enough, the same day of the Iowa caucuses. Uh, and Dr. Kevin Roberts of the Heritage Foundation and the Heritage Action for American President uh, has been invited to speak there on, uh, what, I guess it's Thursday. Uh, and the subject is what to expect of a possible Republican administration. He joins us on the Newsmax hotline right now. Dr. Kevin Roberts, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you talk about accepting an invitation I never thought would come my way. So I'm going to make the most of it. I was going to say, uh, do you expect to be murdered? I'm just kidding. Cause... <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of uh, gallows humor inside my house. My uh, my son who's in college said, Dad, don't don't eat at any of the, the meals. Just eat Cliff Bars. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, okay, you're invited to – tell me about this. Cause I, I, it's mind-blowing, the possibility of going to Davos, let alone a, any forum that has the word Republican in it. Uh, that's pretty remarkable. Why were you invited, and what are you going to say? Well, I think I was invited because they, uh, they want to make an attempt to co-opt the political right in America, which I will just say, so I don't bury the lead, will be impossible. But – I think what they're trying to do is reach out to conservatives in the United States because they realize if they look at elections around the world, if they look at, for example, what happened in Iowa last night, that Republicans, conservatives who are very serious about dismantling centralized power are on the political ascendancy. And and I think, Rob, that they have connected the dots between that ascendancy of the political right and the role that the heritage enterprise plays in that, and we're very proud to. All of that to say, when the invitation came in sometime after Thanksgiving, my staff came to me and said, Kevin, you've been invited to speak at, at Davos. I mean, I, I guffawed. I, I thought they were playing a joke on <laughs> Sure. Like what, Davos, Maine? Is there a town in Maine called Davos? Where? What, what? Not, not the Davos. So, okay. Yeah, I, the, 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 I said, unless I go to Davos, Texas, which I don't think exists, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. Now, I don't know if you saw uh, Rebel News confronted John Kerry there. And, uh, oh, uh, it, have you heard? Have you heard this? Let me see if I've still got the audio here. Uh, John Kerry was. Uh, let me let me grab it here. Uh, John Kerry was approached by someone from Rebel News. Hold on, uh, and uh, he was not. Uh, he was not of many words here. Let me uh, let me get to it here. E R R. Here is here is Rebel News attack uh, going after I should say John Kerry about why he's there. Listen to this real quick. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? 
Think it's worth it? Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Is it, a, is it really? Is it, is, it, is it more stupid than you travelling here to tell us? Please don't... Sorry? We're done. We're done. We are done. We're done. We're done. Don't grab me. Yeah. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. So he was asked, why is your carbon footprint less important than uh, everybody else's? So, uh, you know, people are starting to get this. And, and maybe this is a door open that uh, that is is a very beneficial thing. And, and also maybe these elites are beginning to see the writing on the, uh, the Berlin Wall, as it were, uh, with regard to the separation between the elites and the rest of us. That's exactly right, Rob. In fact, the, the, my whole motivation in going is to use the platform that the World Economic Forum has to tout the, that very message, which is totally contradictory to everything the World Economic Forum has said in its existence. And the main headline, which you articulated so well, is that the self-appointed globalist political elites, almost all of whom are in Davos this week, have such a disconnect from reality, the reality that you and I and your audience know. We know that there is an open border to our south. We know that every major American city has a crime problem that's expanded into the suburbs. We know that these knuckleheads have placed a huge priority on something they call climate change, which comes at the expense of us staying warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And we also know that they foist it upon us and our kids this ridiculous gender ideology. And so I'm going there, my friend, to read them the riot act on all four of those points. I, I absolutely love it. Now, do you know who else is going to be on the panel with you? Are you, are you speaking solo? Is this part of a group discussion? What do you, uh, what do you suppose? It, it's a panel discussion. There are a couple of, of public policy folks, uh, at least one other person right of center politically, which is good. I think everyone else is kind of in the center, former Senator Rob Portman, a very famous free trader and, and someone uh, you know, late in his career, not known for his conservative bona fides, will be there. Uh, I've got no bone to pick with those individuals, but I, I have a huge bone to pick with the World Economic Forum on behalf of the everyday American. So hopefully the other panelists are ready to, ready to, to uh, saddle up and go because I'm, I'm going there to speak the truth. Have you ever uh, have you ever been to Davos before? Uh... <laughs> no, I, 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 I came home that night. You know, after I recovered from this invitation, I'm, I'm walking in. You know, I parked my diesel truck at home. I walk in and I looked at my wife and I said, "I said, honey, I'm going to Davos," and and I, I can't repeat in polite company exact words that Mrs. Roberts used, but she said. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I think there was a word between you've got to something be kidding me. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> that is hilarious. Now, you know, um, the, the, it looks like the EV dream of the American government is, is doing a face plant. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Hertz the other day, they're getting rid of 22,000 EVs because nobody rents them. They're selling them from pennies on the dollar. The government is having to severely subsidize. Uh, we haven't seen this kind of governmental subsidy of an auto industry since the Volkswagen, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the East German car. I always forget the name of that piece of crap East German car they had there forever. Uh, but but John Kerry is going to be leaving his post as the climate czar. And oddly enough, uh, Dr. Kevin Roberts, I don't know if you noticed, 
it's a little cold out right now. So the whole global warming thing had kind of done a face plant. Do you suppose that the uh, the people in Davos want to get out in front before the angry mob can surround their castle with uh, with uh, pitchforks and burning torches? I think that's exactly what they're, they're up to. I think they, they looked at the elections in the Netherlands. They looked <laughs> yeah. at the election in Argentina. They look at 2024, and they know that the pitchforks are coming. I, I agree. I, I think this whole thing is doing a major face plant. Uh, the American people are are turning a thumbs down. You, you've got, uh, you know, what's really remarkable to me, Doctor Kevin Roberts. I keep. I just want to remind everybody because radio, you know, and I have the little Chiron with your name on the bottom there. Uh, but but you know, the left, they're so concerned about animal welfare, and they're so concerned about the cute little. They don't care about the ugly animals that might be injured. They only care about the cute animals. And and for some reason, the save the whales crowd could give a crap about the whales when it comes to uh, windmills or the birds by the way because those windmills are a giant salad shooter for birds and and there will and it proves to all of us that this is not about saving cute animals it's about stopping human progress isn't that the case it is the, the entire agenda whether they they shrouded in climate change or windmills or something to do with the environment is all about centralizing power and wealth in the hands of a few as, as I was discussing with one of my colleagues earlier this morning, the best way to describe these people at Davos, Rob, is that they are absolute corporatist oligarchs. They, they are people who believe that only a small percentage of, Ameri- of, of people in the world have been given you know, some special existence to lord over the rest of us. And, of course, they wouldn't say that God gave them that because these are largely faithless people. (laughs) All of that to say, they simply can't stand it when regular people say, you're lying to us, you're basically robbing us of our prosperity, to your point, and we've had enough. And as much as you tell us that we ought to just shut up and go stick our nose in the corner, we're not. And and the interesting thing, one, one final point on this thread, if I may, is that one friend observed to me, Kevin, isn't it ridiculous that it's the United States that's following a place like Argentina politically? In other words, it used to be the case <laughs> that, yeah. that the United States would be leading the free world in this. Well, this is what I sense, just to inject some, some hopefulness here. I actually sense that we're about to turn the corner. And so when I very happily get on that return flight from Davos back to the wonderful United States of America, I believe, not just because I'm there, I'm just one tiny part in this, that millions of people in America and around the world have said that they've had enough and we're going to start turning the corner. I think the world's fate holds, uh, hangs on your, on your shoulders, sir. Uh, Dr. Kepper, you fail. <laughs> if you fail, we're all going to die. So uh, other, than, other than that, have a nice trip. <laughs> Oh, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for oh, man. Great, great to have you. And I would love for you to uh, report back when you get back. Uh, I'd like to hear how it went over there. Please wear something offensive to the, uh, to the, or smoke a cigar or something while you're there, okay? Just just do something to, to rattle their chains a little bit while you're over there, okay? Totally. I've got <laughs> right. my Lucchese boots, my cigar, and my hat, and uh, they're going to know who I am. All right. Now, where can people see you on social media and follow you meeting over in Davos? Uh, Kevin Roberts TX on the social media channels. And then if you go to the Heritage website, heritage.org, you can see the link for that panel discussion this Thursday at 1015 Eastern Time. All right. Make sure to go find a steakhouse if there is one over there. Oh, right. well, steak is always better than cooking. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, take care of yourself. Uh, safe travels. Safe travels, Dr. Kevin Roberts. We appreciate it. I think we should play uh, a little John Kerry number here since he's going to drop stop down as a climate czar. 
This is Jim Gossett. They say John Kerry's deranged about climate change. <laughs> He's turned into a basket case. Yeah. If it bothered me, you'd never see because of Botox in my face. Nice. I want America worst instead of first. That's what Joe and I want to see. We think China's our friend, and then the end. Russia's not our enemy. Cause I got friends in commie places. Overlook their crimes and their many disgraces like way back when. Put your phones in the air like you just don't care. When I betrayed my men, I would compare my fellow soldiers to Genghis Khan. Russia and China, <laughs> we should work together about fake changes in the weather. Cause I got friends. And Kanye's place. I would love to speak at a panel over there, man. We'd have some fun. We would have some fun. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, by the way, uh, uh, Al Gore, who's wrong about everything, uh, been wrong about everything. All of his predictions, completely, completely wrong. He's a buffoon. He lives in a, he lives in a mansion that has the carbon footprint of like 50 houses. He, he flies in private jets and he's a billionaire because he sold his propaganda and people were stupid enough to believe it. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Here he is uh, talking to Bloomberg about once we get to net zero, which means uh, everybody stops everything except for the rich people, then we'll be fine. Listen to this, uh, this faculty lounge uh, mental masturbation. Mother Nature has other uh, intentions. Unfortunately, the climate-related extreme weather events are underway right now, today, every day, every day. Uh, and uh, because of the snow, it snowed, so the climate change, and it's your fault. We're continuing to add uh, <laughs> a huge additional amount of heat-trapping pollution to the sky every single day. The good news is that once we get to true net zero and stop adding, the temperatures will stop going up almost immediately with a lag of as little as three years. I'm not, I'm not feeling the temperatures going up, so... And if we stay at true net zero, half of the human-caused uh, greenhouse gas pollution will fall out of the atmosphere in as little as 25 to 30 years. But it's, getting there is it, right. getting there is very right. tough. It's, it's a, and it's a complete uh, fabrication and a, and a bunch of uh, gobbledygook. But it's not, a, it's not an impossible if because no. we now have a better technologies that are cheaper in almost the entire world without pollution... Yeah. Yeah, see Chicago this weekend with the cold weather and all that stuff. And uh, yeah. Honestly. Uh, here are some uh, inconvenient facts for Al Gore. He predicted the sea levels are rising at an alarming rate. Uh, that is not true. That is not true. Why are people investing trillions of dollars in seaside properties? And why do you, sir, live on Martha's Vineyard right by the ocean? And Barack Obama. And he also has a place in Hawaii. Yeah. You know why I know? that uh, this global warming stuff is uh, nonsense? Because I'm not stupid. Yeah. Uh, CO2 is the control knob for temperature. No, nope, no, nope. it's a giant ball of burning gas 93 million miles away from here. That's the sun, by the way. Uh, severe tornadoes are increasing. No, not the case, no. Uh, F3 plus 
uh, uh, tornadoes have been dropping for for 60 years. And in the last three years, I live in Kansas. We haven't had a severe tornado. Yeah. Oh, oh, polar bears are dying. Nope. Actually, there are more polar bears than when Al Gordon was born. The Arctic ice is melting. No, no, no. It's gaining ice. And 2015 saw the largest refreezing in over a decade. CO2 is pollution. No, it's not. Agriculture seems to profit greatly from increased carbon pollution as seen by yields. But if CO2 does need to be controlled, then liberals might think twice about organic farming. There you go. They've been wrong about everything, and America's waking up to it, and the world is waking up to it. That's, that's good news, that we have a, a conservative going to Davos. They recognize the writing on the wall. Kaboom. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. So, you know, I'm the person who said that all of this uh, anti-Israel, pro-Hamas, all of these protests were astroturf. They were made up. It was very clear to me. Uh, they, the same people who did um, the, uh, the riots of 2020, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, are involved. The same powers that be, the same money are involved. It should be fairly obvious to you when people can come out and literally have protest signs already printed for a protest from something that happened the day before. It should be very obvious. Uh, you know, I would say you're being played, but you're not. But I recognize the supposed hospital bombing uh, by Israel of uh, in Gaza. I knew it was a lie. It was bullcrap. It all is bullcrap. And, uh, and there's going to be a point where we're going to have to do a beatdown of the left. I'm serious. To defend our institutions, we're going to have to confront some people. We're going to have to defend our institutions. Not, not uh, you know, anything offensive, but seriously, there's going to be a point where if the police won't do it, we have to stand in the way. We have to stand in the breach. Yesterday, a bunch of pro-Palestine idiots decided to go after Sloan Kettering Cancer Hospital in New York City because they said something positive, I guess, about Israel, but they went after a cancer center. It's time for the children to get a spanking. Another complicit institution, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. They're the enemy. Make sure they hear you. You know, those kids in there being treated for cancer and stuff. Yeah, I'm about had about enough of this nonsense. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not about to let 2020 happen again. Yeah. There's that. Mike Johnson calls to fire any federal workers who take part in the planned walkout over Gaza. That's what they're planning on doing. A bunch of uh, workers at the, uh, oh, I don't know, let's see, Naval Research Laboratory, National Park Service, FDA, uh, Federal Aviation Administration. That'd be good to know all the people in the FAA who support Hamas. Uh, in the Environmental Protection Agency, all expect the protest uh, during the day and walk out. Mike Johnson is saying they need to be fired. Uh, I agree. Fired. Absolutely 100%. Your job is over. You'll get a little buyout on your contract, and you'll never work for the government again. Unfortunately, we uh, Joe Biden is the president of the United States, so he will have no idea if anybody walked out because he will be putting a lid on. Well, he may have already done it, actually. He may already be sleeping right now because it is what? 
It is almost well, almost three o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> this is so stupid. And then and then a Holocaust memorial was vandalized with a swastika. Again, there's going to have to be a beatdown. Horowitz Wasserman Holocaust Memorial Plaza. Uh, this happened in Philadelphia. Somebody drew a swastika on a uh, on a Holocaust memorial. Yeah, this isn't the country we're gonna. We're not gonna let you turn our country into this. It's not gonna happen. Let's take a break and come back. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it. I, I hope you enjoyed the show today. There were some great laughs and great guests as well. Check out the podcast. Go to Newsmax.com slash listen and share with others, if you will. In the meantime, God bless you guys. God bless America, Israel, and until tomorrow, which will be Wednesday, uh, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.